across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Yes, Audible, the way to learn and listen to books without having to turn a page. Uh, Audible's awesome. I've always been a big fan. I always have several books on Audible that I'm listening to or getting ready to listen to after the next one is done. Right off the bat, I've got a great book for you to listen to. It's called The Surrender Experiment. It's by Mickey Singer, and it's changed my life. It really has. At, at first, I was unsure about it. I thought it might be too spiritual for me, but it really wasn't spiritual at all. It was, but it wasn't. It, uh, this guy's built a company with thousands and thousands of employees, and he's used a different way to make decisions throughout his life, and it's benefited him. And I've actually tried it recently, and it's it's affected me, and it's, it's working well. So highly recommend Surrender Experience, Mickey Singer. Michael Singer. Check it out. Just go. You can listen to this book for free, actually, as a listener of this show by getting a free 30-day membership to Audible. All you got to do is go to audio.hybendigital.com. That's audio.hybendigital.com. This episode is brought to you by Rebus University. Yes, Rebus University, the home of the Certified Listing Agent course. Many people taking the Certified Listing Agent course, you will never, ever lose a listing again. If you take this course over and over and you ingrain this stuff into your head, that is certainly our goal, I should say. And I got a $100 off coupon for you at hybendigital.com backslash discount. That's hybendigital.com backslash discount there. You could also sign up for the coming CTA course, which is a certified team agent with Jeff Cohn at Omaha, Nebraska. If you're interested in getting a super discount on that, because I need some beta testers on that course. And if you beta test it, I'll give you 50% off. So if you want to get on the beta list, go to rebusuniversity.com backslash courses backslash CTA. I'll repeat that. rebusuniversity.com backslash courses backslash CTA for the certified beta tester list of the certified team agent course. Okay, Rockstar Nation, we have some great guests. I have husband and wife. Kimberly Seth Kavanish and James Colucci on the phone, and they are out of California, out of Santa Rosa, California, and then they are in a very short period of time, very short period of time, they are in the top of their market. Like the other agents did not see them coming at all, and all of a sudden, like, who are these guys? They're killing me. And I had to get him on the show, so I'm excited. So, uh, without further ado, guys, welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you so much. Thank I'm so you. excited to be here. So, why don't you give our audience a little bio on you so they can get to know you better? Sure. So, um, I'm Kimberly Seth Bonish, and me and my husband, James Colucci, started in real estate about three and a half years ago. Uh, James was a former Marine, and I worked in Coca-Cola, 
And we basically were thinking to ourselves, why are we working so hard for other people when we could work for ourselves and basically the sky's the limit and we could innovate real estate any way we can just because it's so open-ended. Um, so from there, we kind of just took off and brought in new ideas, uh, brought them to Sonoma County and have been doubling our sales every year since. Wow. Okay, so we're going to get in some nitty-gritty. So, like, how many houses did you sell in the last 12 months? So, yeah, the last 12 months we've sold 40 houses. And the average price point's about $550,000. Sweet. So, what was your ECI, Ego Commission Income, or what most people call GCI? What was that last year? 365000 Okay. And then what did you net? After the commission splits and everything, yeah, yeah, like two sixty. Okay, and then we don't really spend any money on advertising or anything, so it's it's not like uh, that because we pretty much just do it by word of mouth or online reviews. Okay, cool. So, so let's talk about this. Okay, so you're three and a half years in, right? You're selling, you know, four houses a month, one a week, which is very impressive. Now, how? how? Like, what were you? First of all, were you new to the area? I mean, you made it sound like you, you know, were you new to the area, or had you been yeah, around there? That we knew prior to real estate. Um, we just so I lived in Santa Rosa a couple years before I joined the Marine Corps. I did it in my time in the Marine Corps down in Southern California where Kimberly lived. And then after I was finished with the Marine Corps, I didn't want to stay around that area. So we moved back up to California or Northern California where Santa Rosa is. And we knew nobody. The only people I knew here was my foster parents personally, and they just left the area. So we knew pretty much nobody moving up here. And we've never sold a home except for our own home to somebody that we knew prior to being in real estate. So they were all kind of what I call cold sales. You know, you didn't have any relationship to them. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. And, and, and let's talk about like how, like, so, so how did you do it? Take me back actually three and a half years ago, if you would guys, like, what did you, what do you think you did differently from day one that most agents don't do when they get in the business? So most agents, one thing may, whether it's they don't do or can't do is, uh, they don't have somebody to analyze the themselves so like they can self-analyze but people generally haven't been aren't that great at self-analyzation because when you're doing stuff you can't analyze yourself so when Kimberly would be on floor time you know talking to people who would call in I would just sit right next to her and analyze her and tell her where her goods and her bads were where she can improve trust me in our relationship it caused a lot of fighting that's <laughs> trying to analyze your partner and your wife um but we did it and so like we analyzed each other back and forth after a listening presentation I'd be like Kimberly, tell me the worst part of my listing presentation right after we leave so it's fresh on our mind. And it would hurt. Like I'd almost get really angry about it. But we're able to analyze each other, which most people don't have another person there with them to analyze them because self-analyzation is so hard. And that's where, how we got so good so quick because literally every flaw, I had no problems pointing out her flaws in the business. Same with her with me. So we got rid of our flaws real quick. So I'd say kind of just fast forward our time and four years in probably is equivalent to 20 years in when you only have yourself to, you know, learn from yourself kind of thing. Wow. So you, you, you guys must have really, really, really been aware that uh, you were criticizing each other so much in your marriage and everything. You had to give each other a thousand more compliments just to offset all that, you know? Yeah. Well, we made it. So we're, we're You made it. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Kudos to you. That's awesome. Good stuff. Well, I love it. Okay, so so now tell me about the online reviews because you guys have really taken this to another level. Tell me what you do with that. 
Absolutely. So online reviews to me is what I call the modern day referral. Uh, a lot of people don't ha- feel like it ha- holds any validity, but to me, in 10 years from now, online reviews is going to be the main referral. Right now, I'm guessing word of mouth and online reviews are somewhat closely equal, but online reviews are going to be how people find you. I mean, that's what every website, whether it's real estate related or not, is geared towards. And that's why, in my eyes, real estate's going to go from a sales business to a customer service business if it's not already there. And that's just my personal opinion. But gearing yourself towards a service industry is totally different than gearing yourself towards a sales industry. And that's why customer and that's why online reviews to me are going to be the number one most important thing in everybody's you know playbook essentially. And it's it's how most people find listing agents is online reviews, not your sales. Your sales help you, especially on the websites like Zillow and Trulia, be ranked up there. But they have algorithms which add your sales in the last twelve months plus your online reviews plus your listings. But online reviews are what give people the impression that they would also like to work with you. It's the real, genuine client experiences and like. How when you go above and beyond, you don't have to tell your your you know your future client that they see it in the reviews. So when you say it, they already almost believe it. You don't have to convince them that you're going to stage your house for free, that you're going to be the project manager on the whole house. You know they already know it when you go there, and that's totally different than when you have to you know you have no validity or credit towards them when you tell them these things. Half the times we have to talk down what we can do for our clients. Because they used to not believe us on listing appointments. So online reviews is absolutely the future. Yeah, it's basically your resume that anybody can look at. And it's from, you know, multiple employers per se, but clients. And it really, we've had um, way more listings this year because of our online reviews than last year. I think last year we had eight to 10 and now we already have, yeah, we already have 16 this year. So it just really has made a difference and people already trust us before they even meet us. And that is the big difference that we're seeing. You know, when people are finding us on online reviews, we're usually not um, competing as much and they already are like, oh, I trust you. I know I read all the things that you have done. And so they take it very, they take it to heart. So it's great. I love this. Okay. Okay. So let's dig deep into this because I think this is important that everybody knows. And if you're not doing, you know, if you're not taking, making a conscious effort to build up your online reviews, you need to a hundred percent as soon as possible. So let's talk about where, what online reviews. Yelp. So Yelp is by far the number one place where we get our listings. I absolutely, I love and hate Yelp. I hate it because it, you know, it keeps the people who've always been on Yelp for the past 10 years ahead of you. So they're always going to be getting more business. It takes forever to climb above them in the rankings. But at the same time, I'm not even at the top. And we get crazy calls for listings from Yelp. And they're serious. Nobody, nobody, you know, iffy about to possibly sell is calling us from Yelp. They're serious Yelp callers. Then Zillow, because Zillow is so, uh, I'd say it's, you know, the go-to thing for real estate related things. And for the then, public, yeah. But I do think there's other ones up and coming. Facebook, because social media is so big, I think in five years people will be using Facebook somehow towards the reviews. There's the Google reviews, which I think in the next five years when it's integrated into the maps, because it kind of already is with Google Maps and everything, that will be big. I know LinkedIn's big. We haven't gone down that or pursued that, but... Uh, I know uh, Truly is big, but Truly is part of Zillow. So to me, Yelp is number one, then Zillow. But for the future, I would say Google, Google probably number one, and Facebook number two for the future. You know what? That, 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 that's a brilliant statement because like, I just found a personal trainer on Google reviews. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I know I just used it, right? And I hired him. 
And I have been getting lately little messages from Facebook that is wanting me to beef up my online reviews for some of the company pages that I have on there. Yeah. So I know it's on their radar 100%. You know, those guys aren't dumb. They, they want you to be able to go to Facebook for everything. And Google wants the same thing. They want you to be able to go to Google for everything. Right. And it only makes sense, right? Who doesn't, if you have a business, who's not on Facebook? Right. Exactly. And and so it's just going to be a search engine, you know, and there's going to be reviews. And and it's kind of scary if you think about it because <laughs> you, know, you can really see up close who's reviewing right. you. Right. You can uh, see like they're fake or not much more too. And that's what I personally like about Facebook's aspect is like, I mean, a lot of people do do the fake reviews and that's very frustrating. And Yelp has a great algorithm to kick them out. But he helps the algorithm also kicks out of our, a lot of our legit reviews, which is very frustrating at the same time. But Facebook, if you click on that review, you can go to that person's profile. If they have like five posts from like a, uh, two months ago, you know that wasn't a legit review because savvy people want to know if it's a legit review or not. Yeah, yeah. And they'll figure, they'll figure out some way. But uh, okay, so how many Yelp reviews do you think you have? Um, right now we have 18, 18 and then um, we have more, but they are um, not recommended, not recommended which is that means the client just made the profile to review us or those people don't use Yelp as much. So altogether we have, what, 40? Okay, so wait a minute, wait a minute. How does this work? Because I don't understand. Okay. So Yelp has an algorithm to try to weed out the fake ones, but in the same process they have a lot of red flags that can go up. Uh, and one of the red flags that I guess we busted was we got too many reviews when I called in and talked to Yelp. I asked them about it. We got too many reviews in too short of a period, which set off a red flag, which turned a bunch of our reviews into unrecommended reviews, which don't even get seen or counted towards your reviews because we got too many in one thing for our demographic, which is real estate, because real estate agents generally don't get Yelp reviews. Like some of the big markets have like 20 or 30 as the highest number of person. So for us to get a lot in a short period of time, set off a red flag for Yelp. And so they kicked a lot of our reviews off, which was very frustrating because I don't know this ahead of time. They don't share that with you ahead of time. And But the thing is, what we do in real estate is totally different than anybody else. What we, the, the, what we give our clients, the service we give them and things, I'm not just saying that. It's totally different. We'll stage for free. We'll project manage their whole house, everything. Uh, we'll help free. move with them. Yeah, we move all of our clients. So what we do is different than what every other real estate agent is doing. So for us to get a lot of reviews at one time or in a year is not unnormal for a person that's doing what we do. So, you know? oh, so, so are you guiding them to Yelp or are they just – so no, you're, we're not guiding them to Yelp. We have on our, on our email account, we have like, you know, our email signature, basically email signature with review, different yeah. links. So there's Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Yelp. And so it's, we're not telling them, but they, there's a link and on there going. To our them. goal by the end of the transaction is for them to not feel indebted to us, but feel grateful, genuinely grateful that we were there. Not that we did our job because that's one thing grateful that we were their real estate agents because when you're grateful all you say is most of my business comes from online reviews it would mean the world to us if you could you know share your experience because yeah. it is how we make a living and if they care about you if they're an advocate for you why wouldn't they review you but it's the hard part of getting them from you know you did your job to i honestly uh appreciate couldn't have done it, yeah, couldn't have done it without you i would never hire another real estate agent and that's where they'll always review you 
Wow. Wow. Okay. So now, of course, I got to go back to uh, something, uh, James, you had mentioned before, and that is, you know, you guys do all this extra stuff. So, I mean, are you really moving them? Yeah. So uh, we we offer to move every client. Uh, what does that mean? What What is your so definition of moving this is, this somebody? It's my moving day. And <laughs> sometimes it ends up being two days if they haven't done any packing. So what which, do you mean? You go over there and you lift so boxes? I, oh, so yeah. I pick up the truck. I meet them there early in the morning. I do most of the lifting. I bring the, the tools they don't know about the dollies because most people don't move more than, what, a handful of times in their life, so they are very unprepared. I always bring over tape and boxes because they're n- almost never fully packed. And a lot of the people that are doing it themselves don't have or don't want to spend the money to uh, hire somebody. So whether they're ca- fully capable of moving themselves or not, you know, that's another question, but they still try to do it. So normally it ends up being the brunt work on me. And I early on try to take control of the situation just so that I can get it done in a timely fashion and organize for them because it's almost like my profession now. <laughs> now, do you, show, do you, um, do, you know, do you just show up? Because I would imagine most people are like, oh, no, 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 you don't have to help us move. No, no, I, no I, I, it's I, the so, opposite. So it's, really? This is, well, this is the, but this is the difference. Nobody's friends ever show up. Nobody's family ever shows up. They always say, oh, I've got like six people. <laughs> I get there and it's me and them. It's literally me and them. And they, they are so grateful to have us because it's, it's true. Like people make up excuses just to get out of moving their, their friends and family. Almost all of our clients never have anybody else when they always say they're going to have like five people because they believe they do. So that's how grateful they end up. Yeah. So the thing is, is James is that. Uh, He's a Marine veteran, so he's strong and he's tall. So looking at him, you're like, oh, you want this guy to help move you, you know? And so they they have no problem. And honestly, by the time that the transaction is closed and they're either moving in or moving out, we have become friends. So if anything, it's enjoyable to them to have us there and be a part of the transition. And I pretty much force myself on them because I know they're going to need it. Like, trust me, I I dread it sometimes because – the ones that don't pack before, I'm ending up packing their stuff, and I'm spending a, like a whole day and a half there doing stuff that I wasn't expecting, which doesn't make me any extra money. But I know the gratefulness will get me the reviews. But what I'm saying is, I dread it because we move clients like a lot of our clients uh, in the winter time up here. It rains. We've moved them in the pouring rain, soaking rain, and they didn't really even want to get a move. I'm moving all this stuff by myself, trying to keep it dry, feeling guilty that if their stuff gets wet, it's my fault because I'm essentially moving them. <laughs> uh, so it's like a whole trip that like you can't even think of. And Kimberly. 110 pounds she doesn't ever shy away from because that would be another problem we'd have if she didn't help me move also because sometimes <laughs> i get very tired so they're also surprised <laughs> right, when both of you guys show up yeah and two it's uh our our motto is and this is also what helped us when we were first starting out but if you're sweating together with your client mm-hmm. essentially you're bonded for life because oh, they yeah. remember it they see how hard you work you're working it's like ethic. being in the trenches together oh my god throw. yeah especially yeah. when their own brother or, or sister or or yeah. best friend who they thought was a, doesn't show up you know i mean you're you're 100 right about that people always say oh yeah let me know if you need help or i'll right. help you out and and then they show up around three o'clock after everything's moved you know <laughs> eat a piece of pizza and leave yeah exactly so so, so what else do you do you mentioned a couple things so t- let, let's let's keep talking about this so what what else are you doing above and beyond what most realtors do so from the get-go uh what i call is a mini flip uh it's essentially what 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 a mini flip is is what i do with all of our listings so on our listing side when I get the listing or when I go to the listing presentation, what I'm telling them is not what they can get for their house as is. 
I'm telling them if a flipper were to buy their house, let's say zero dollars, they own their house, so they don't have to buy their house. But if a flipper were to buy their house, what little things would they improve to get their profit margin up? And that's what I go towards. I act like a flipper for them. I go in there and flip it. I do it even if they live there. It's much more difficult and they're much more hesitant, but it still gets them the profit. Like we have clients that are on set incomes. They can't even put $1,000 into their house because they don't have the money to. But I know if I front that $1,000, get the best prices for the work, do some painting myself and like painting a couple rooms that, you know, the colors might mess with the buyers, I can benefit them $30,000, $40,000. And people say, oh, you're lying. And how do you prove it? I don't know how to prove it, but my success is proving it. You know, mm. honestly, that's why we have so many listings now is because we call it a project managing. We go in there and essentially who does it the best of flippers. So I just eyeball what flippers concentrate on and I study that and that's what I go in there and do. Light fixtures, new paint, little things, and we stage all the homes. Even if they're living there, I'll let them keep the things that they need to keep in the house, but I move all their stuff into the garage personally. And I move my staging stuff in and I let them live on our staging stuff. So it's like there's nobody who does what we do that I know. So so how much are you willing to spend? I mean, obviously, because you're going to have you're going to have the gamut. You know, there's going to be houses that are completely trashed or hoarders and stuff like that. I mean, what what is your limit? So we spent up to 20 on uh, a sale, twenty thousand dollars prior. Wow. uh, For them. And I know there's risk and. We have a, a set contract that we also have them sign. Just not not anything that they need to be scared of. Just like you know, kind of more so. Just reiterating that you know we're doing this out of good faith. You know, um, my broker wants us to sign a much more in depth contract, but I feel like the one she gave me scares my buyer or sellers that I'm trying to get over on them. So I don't like that one. Um, but the thing is, we probably spend generally, I'd say anywhere from two to four thousand dollars is probably the average we spend on a house, and I know it nets them an extra twenty thousand dollars at least. And they don't even have to front the money. So if they're not fronting the money and I'm not bothering them too much, why not make an extra $20,000 on the house? Because it's free when I front the money. Yeah, And, and they just pay back at settlement? Yep. Correct. Yeah. Only at settlement. And do you, you, but you involve other contractors too, right? Yeah. So I, I don't do much of the work anymore. So I used to like, how we got into this is we, we went after a for sale by owner and he was not going to list with us. We tried, this is like our first six months in. We tried going after the for sale by owners. They they didn't have it. Like I tried every method I could. So then I came up with essentially my mini flip, and I said the way I told him, I said instead of a five percent commission, we'll do six percent. I'll keep three and a half. The buyer's agent will keep two and a half, and that's standard around here on that side. And I get that extra percent, but I will spend that extra percent on your house. So it was a six hundred fifty thousand dollar house. So we put six hundred or six thousand five hundred dollars in the house, and we have one week to get into escrow at or above the price, or the listing was canceled. We spent $6,500 on the house for the for sale by owner, listed it, and we got three offers all above asking. So we made him an extra $100,000 because he had it listed for $75,000 less than what we listed it at initially. What? It was spent, yeah. And we spent $6,500 on it. $6,500? Yep. <laughs> what did you do for $6,500 that could get him another $100,000? Well, well, he. Well, we also did a lot of the labor ourselves. Yeah, thing. So we. Wow, oh, okay. Like, like we work during the day, <laughs> like normal real estate, and then we go paint at night. And, I see. Yeah, we would. Right. Plus, it was your first like, deal, so you were gonna. Yeah. We were hungry. <laughs> oh my god, that that's an awesome story, and good for you for having the guts to. I mean, did you have to throw in that part about hey, if you cancel, and I, you know, and you're sixty five hundred. He said, yeah. how long? He said, how do I believe this? And I try to sell him on it every way. It was our first, you know, now I can sell people on it because I've yeah. done it and I'm making it up as I go. And I was like, Kimberly, this is going to be a big risk. Literally, we could lose 6500 but we're so confident. It's like, when you have a will, you have a way. We were going to get that house sold. 
I didn't think we'd get three offers. I was just hoping for one would be fine as long as it's at the asking price. Because he said if it came in below the asking price, any dollars amount it comes in below comes out of our commission. And I agreed to that too. So that is you're crazy man that that i mean crazy like uh good thing i guess i mean because it's working for you what that a lot (laughs) so okay this is great like what else are you guys doing that are creating these incredible customer experiences we i mean our it's our mentality i think it's you know people love us because of our energy and that we're you know, really willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. And it's always in our client's best interest. You know, if there's people that they're nervous to sell, it's not the right time. We don't tell them, oh, no, you need to sell. So they fully trust us. And I think that's what's really important with our clients. And being honest is what we've actually found really um, captivating for our clients. They always appreciate how honest we are. You know, we're not the hard sell where we're you know trying to sell them anything that comes in and it's a hard we almost have to watch out to not be taken advantage of more so than the client generally is the way i look at it which sucks because we have to kind of read the person and what their motives are and how they are to make sure we don't get taken advantage of because it'd be easy because we we genuinely care about our clients and i'm not just saying that because it actually hurts once we finish a transaction you kind of you know you're fully involved in their life and then goodbye you don't even know them anymore when they become one of our closer friends but for example like we had a listing uh, and the guy, he had already bought his other house, but we were getting his house ready to sell and he had to move his stuff into a pod and his wife had to take care of the kids and he was going to be doing it late. We kept asking him that night, you know, you want us to help you move? He said, no, no, no. So what we did at eight thirty at night, you know, just to see if he was still working, we drove by acting like we we're going to put more flyers in the flyer box outside, acting like that's all we were doing because he wouldn't accept our help, even though we're fully in like, you know, basketball shorts and clothes to help move him into his storage. And then we, we see him, oh, we're like, hey, how's it going? You know, we're just dropping off flyers. Oh, my gosh, you're working late. You need help. So the whole motive was to go over there to help him move because he wouldn't even accept our help. He let us move. And with us helping him move, he got done by midnight. So imagine if that was by himself. So we genuinely care. We don't just, oh, do you need help just to look good? We genuinely care. We'll make up excuses to help you because some people have a problem accepting help. So that's the kind of person we are. It's not shady in any way. Just I know some people need to you know, be dealt with in a different manner, not so directly kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. We do this all just because we know it's going to help our business in the future. This is, you know, our career. So we know doing the hard work now will pay off later. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I mean, you're clearly raising the bar and and no one said customer service level has to stop here. And you've, you've, what you've done is you've broken that ceiling so that the customer service is off the chain. I mean, it's, 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 which is great. I love it. And what another thing I love about you guys is, um, you know, you, from day one, it seems like you were listing agents. Your focus was, I'm sure you work buyers, but your focus was listing agents. So many, so many agents jump in the business, just, you know, trying to buy leads, trying to work with buyers. And, right. and, and we know that buyers are a byproduct of listings. How did you know from the beginning that you were going to be primarily listing agents? So uh, I wouldn't say we knew, but we found out very quickly, mainly because I believe listings create a self-sufficient business where you don't have to buy leads or pay for advertising because our methods of essentially doing what we do with these homes, we're there. Like we always put up our coming soon sign as early as we can because the second that coming soon signs out, we get to know the neighbors. So we're there all the time doing these projects, knowing the neighbors, and they're so open to you because you're not trying to sell them. 
Plus, they've never heard of an agent that helps somebody move and all these things. So you're just like a wow factor to them. And then you do balloons for the open houses and things to where it's an extra wow to where you get the, all the listings in the neighborhood. We've never had a listing in a neighborhood where we didn't get another listing in that neighborhood. 100%. And it's really? crazy. Really? It just, it's a continual strand. And that's we learned it from day one because our first listing ever – we got the next door neighbor listing. It was a 650000 and the second one was a 750000 And in our area, at that time, four years ago, where the market was down, that was like gold. People didn't believe how we got it. They're like, do you know they're, are you friends with them or something? <laughs> and, it's like, and no, no, people were, they were so mad at us. Like they had hate towards us. And I said, well, the first one we got and we worked hard. He was getting a divorce and that was the hardest listing of our life was our first listing. But the second one, we got literally because we were always there doing stuff for them. So she saw us and knew us. You know, it makes her feel comfortable to ask us. And it's just that easy. So literally from our first listing to our second listing, we knew listings is where we need to be. And you need to actively be at the listing or doing stuff so they get to know you, get to meet you, not just a, from a flyer or business card. Personally, get to genuinely know you. And that's literally every neighborhood we've been in, we sold multiple in each neighborhood. So it's amazing. Some neighborhoods... In a six-month period, we sold like eight homes. Well, you, you know what? You know why the other agents are mad? Because they can't <laughs> compete with that. You know, they can't compete with your work ethic. They can't. They can't compete with the work ethic, and you make them look lazy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's sad but true. It's it's very true. Like people, like other agents will call us crazy. They love to or, call us lucky. Yeah, they'll they call always us say lucky. I'm lucky, and I cannot stand that word luck because there's nothing about luck that has to do with it. It's strategic. And, and it's, it's hard, hard work. work. <laughs> There's no such luck in my business. Yeah, it, 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 that's great. It's that's great. In, that's incredible. So what is uh, something else that you see that other agents do where the juice is just not worth the squeeze, where you say, we don't, you know, we're, we're, we know what works for us and, and that doesn't work, you know, whether you've tried it or not, what would you say something is like that? That's a very good yeah. question. You just stumped me like my brain normally doesn't stop. And stop. <laughs> I don't know. I, th I think a lot of things, what's great about real estate is that anybody can make it their own. There's a lot of top producers that have such different personalities and methods, but it works for them because they're comfortable in it and they're passionate in it. So it might not work for us, but it, it works great for them. And so I think it's, you know, it's really how comfortable you are with it and also how you sell it to your clients because if you truly believe in it your clients will too so i think it i don't know that's a hard question yeah, so to me the answer to your question i would say is uh, i think sort of networking i think people think results come from networking when it comes from like a like when we first got in the business the first thing i thought was when we get our when we get our uh, open houses we want to get as many contact information as possible their phone number their email addresses I would come up with the most strategic way to where nobody could say no to my, hey, sign in, give me your email address. You know, we'd say the seller request. So pretty much if you're going to enter the seller's house, you're going to do it. But what we realize is it's not how many contacts you get, but it's how close you get to a few contacts. And I think people are confused because that's what they think networking is or social media is, is getting everybody to hear your name. But it's not yeah. getting everybody to hear your name. It's interacting with it's getting It's getting just that one next door neighbor to hear your yes, name. Yes, that's all it takes. You know. Don't go deep with one person. You're never going to get them as a client. So, so with that said, with the open houses, like you guys do those together. Yes, I, I set up the signs and the balloons, and then I'll touch base throughout the open house generally because setting up signs and balloons, we do like 20 signs and like 
Of course, of and course. I it out. You, you, know, you should you should see his car. It's hilarious. It's like full of balloons. You can't even see his face when he's driving. But it's good because I'm at the open house. James is, you know, checking on the balloons, checking on the signs. But he's driving around, so people see him at the sign, so that's also a second touch. Not only do they see me in the house, but they see him out there. So then it looks like we're everywhere. And if I didn't talk to a neighbor, he's able to because he's more approachable out when putting out signs. Waving like a politician, you know. You you know, and here's the thing, you know, if there's three open houses in the neighborhood and you guys got four yellow balloons on one sign and everybody else has got their signs all crooked and battered and and oh my god, you're doing it again, right? No wonder they hate you. They're gonna be like a (laughs) you know, but but here's the thing, here's the genius of it. You know, you know, for, for years people have crossed the picket line so to speak it's almost like an undercurrent of antitrust there i think with agents where you know they you know some agents will lower their commission whatever the commission is you know and like i'm getting listings that way and then all the agents are pissed at them right it just happens right but it's the same thing on the service level but no one's really done it before that i know of on to such a degree as you guys so it's kind of like you've crossed the picket line and saying you know we're not gonna just charge this and do this we're gonna to charge this but go the opposite way we're going to offer all these extra things right. you know what i mean so it's like it's the same thing as the agent that says well i'm going to offer the same thing but i'm going to drop my fee except it's the opposite of that you know that you're going up instead of down am i making sense yeah and no, you're not charging yeah. more you're not charging yeah, yeah, more for it makes yeah. total sense but we're offering way more yeah no i i 100 agree with you and i think I personally think it's the future of real estate. It's more like a concierge service slash what we call listings project manager. Like I'm your go-to touch base person for everything. And like I'll help you move like from beginning from the second I know you to the second we are – you're settled wherever the heck you are and there could be nothing else coming up. That's a transaction to me, not from the second I sign a listing to the second I get my paycheck. And that's a difference. It's like you know I'm there no matter what. A lot of our clients call us in between – asking us to come over and I'm like, oh, listen, but all they're asking us to come over for is either dinner or to help analyze analyze their house on what would make the best investment. How would they get the best return on their investment? And that feels good because guess what? I know if they're asking me what the best return on investment when they remodel their house or add something to their house, then they know I'm obviously the smartest person for them to be calling. So who are they going to call for the the, when they go to list their house? You know, they're already pre-thinking about it. And that's what's awesome is I believe like our paychecks are made the in between, not from once during the sale period. It's after the sale period to the next sale period. That's the in between work, like where you're answering the questions, where you're they feel comfortable enough to go to you for a remodel or a tax question for their property. Why it's like that? Because you just go find the answer, even though it's not your job. You go find the answer, and that's where you make your money is the in between the sales, not during the sales. Yeah, like how many how many times would you say you? meet a seller face to face and how many times do you have them on the phone i mean during the whole listing process start to finish you think face to face yeah it's, uh, i mean it seems like you're always oh, over there yeah, yeah well yeah we're we're so, there a I'm, lot we also have clients too that are we never meet because they're investors and they read our stuff but i'd say on average the ones we do actually meet ever that haven't just called us from out of town and are hiring us from our reviews um probably like 30 times we're at the house, 30 separate times we're at the house with them, probably on average, and on the phone another 15 to 20, you know, like real conversations. 
Uh, it's very in-depth. It's very time-consuming. That's why we're having our problem with our success on how to keep the level yeah. of service and keep growing. That's why we literally just started our team. But my problem is who's actually willing to do the same level of service as yeah. us run into a wall? Well, what I would do if I were you is, ta- you know, here's the thing. Okay, so you can't – it's difficult. It's going to be challenging to, you know, obviously grow the team and give the same level of service. Now, you certainly could pay people and train them to give that same level of service. Right. But it might be easier, actually, to raise your sale price. You know, if you start going towards the million-dollar luxury homes, million plus, two million, three million, those people, they get the same lazy agent service <laughs> as the 500. Don't think that, that they don't, right? So I think you could out-compete on that level, too, and then you'll get You'll get paid more, so yeah. you won't have the feeling like, oh, we need to, you know, make more money stretching out. Am I making sense? No, that yeah, makes, that makes a lot that of sense. That makes total sense. That makes a lot of sense. I think we've been hesitant because in my head I have this image of myself being a little rough around the edges uh, and million-dollar clients being looking more for somebody like Kimberly and not somebody like me who's very energetic and I'll go fix your sink for you even if I don't know how to fix the sink. So that's why I feel like we haven't geared ourselves towards that because I'm scared of them. I feel like they won't like it. Yeah. Me. Well, that's in your head though. Right. Yeah. Correct. You know, you're, you're in your own way because you know most money now is, is, has made in, in their generation. Like they did it. It's not like, it's not like they're, you know, they were born with a silver spoon and, and, and they're somebody's grandparent that's I mean, someone's grandson that's really rich. Chances are they started out getting their head kicked in in some business and then, you know what I mean, and just yeah. came into the money. So they're not going to be hoity-toity. I mean, they might, but I think that's just a mis- misconception in your head. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean – so, wow, this has been awesome, guys. Well, you, you have certainly opened my mind as to what exists, and I think you're definitely going to open a lot of minds in our rock star audience that uh, is listening into how they can compete. I mean, it's a great way to beat the mega agent because at the end of the day, going back to what you said with your challenge of growing a team – at the end of the day, the mega agent team is stretched to a point where they're not going to be able to visit no a seller 30 times. They're right. not going to be able to compete. Uh, they're not going to want to spend the money. They're not going to want to do what you do. And so it's a great way for a new person to get right in there and get Definitely. the business. Well, especially because new agents, the number one question they have for me, which I had the same question is when you're new and you don't have escrows, what do you do with your time? How do you create business? Like we used to door knock. And to me, that just created confidence in the end, not really business, but it's good to do. But how do you create business? Well, give all of your time to whatever clients you have, like literally give every inch of your time. That's how you create business and fill your time because you have all this time when you're new and you have nothing to do with it because you don't have escrows. So that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, listen, I had a lot of fun on this call. It was great to meet you guys. And I hope that, uh, you know, if I'm ever in your area, I'll definitely look you up and we'll get together and break some bread. That'd be great. We'd love to see you and do that. Sounds good. Kimberly James, thanks again for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to put all of Kimberly and James's information on hybendigital.com. Kim and James, I'm going to make it easy because uh, both last names are difficult. So (laughs) I'm going to just put Kim and James. And listen, if you have any referrals out in the, 
What part of California is it again? So we're in Northern California, Sonoma County, wine country. Sonoma County, wine country, California. You know that if you give a referral to these guys, you are going to get paid and they are going to wow whoever you give it to and they're going to it's going to reflect back on you. They're going to say thank you so much. So guys, have a great day and thanks again for coming on. Thanks Absolutely. so much. Thanks Pat. for having us back. This episode is brought to you by Bluehost. Check this out. If you have a website you want to host or are already hosting and are probably paying too much, they have disrupted the world when it comes to hosting things inexpensively and efficiently. As little as $3.95 a month and you get a free domain name. They host over 2 million websites worldwide. Check it out, uh, listeners to this show. Very inexpensive and efficient. They can get a free domain. So I got a coupon for a free domain for you. Just go to host.hybendigital.com. That's host.hybendigital.com. Over 2 million websites hosted worldwide by Bluehost. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.